Hi, I'm Brett Fuller, and this is your 15. The question for these 15 minutes together is, how do you know Jesus? Well, you get to know Jesus by four ways. One, information. Two, revelation. Three, obedience. And four, pursuit. The first is information. You have to, you have to be more informed than you already are. You got to get in the environment where somebody can teach you or get a Bible that you can read, kind of blow the dust off your old one and begin to crack it a little bit and, 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 and let the information that is written on the page begin to inform your mind and your heart. Psalm 138 says that God has magnified His Word according to His name. And so if you want to know something about who he is, then you got to know something about what he has said. John chapter 1, verse 1, all the way through verse 3 and 4, talk about Jesus being the Word of God. It says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Here we have the Word being given personality. And indeed, the Word being synonymous with who Jesus is. So if you want to figure out who Jesus is, then you got to get to know His Word. You want to know Him better? Then you got to know His Word better. Information is important. You need to come to church. You need to be in your 15-minute group with your small group setting. You need to get in the Bible on a regular basis. You need to get podcasts downloaded. You need to do all these things to get more information. And so information is extremely important to building the foundation upon which you can build your intimate knowledge of who Jesus is and how you get to know Him. Secondly, it comes by revelation. Matthew chapter 16 gives the account of, of Peter and Jesus and the conversation about who the people say the Son of Man is. And Peter gets the information about who Christ is from the Father. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, the interesting thing about this encounter is that Peter had been with him for about a year and a half up to this point. And you would have thought this would not have been a hard answer. Yet, it took a little bit. And it was one of these things that was obvious to everybody else that Peter did not get it by way of information. Meaning, even though they had been with him, for a long period of time, and nobody had been more close to the adult Jesus in ministry than the disciples had been. Therefore, you would think that they would have gotten the information necessary to make a good identification of who Jesus was and how you understand who he is for the future. But they didn't get it. They just did not know until the Father revealed it. And indeed, Peter said, you are the Son of the living God. You're the Christ. This revelation, Jesus said, came from the Father. So the informational base that Peter had for a year and a half did help him with his understanding of who Jesus was so that the Father could then download the revelation to him based on the information he received. But the only way we can know him well, the only way we can know him intimately, is if the Father reveals who Jesus Christ is, uh, is to us. I remember growing up in the church most of my life and hearing great sermons, um, understanding something at least cognitively about the person of Jesus and my responsibility to obey and what the Bible meant as the accountability for my life. And, but I really didn't understand it by way of revelation. 
didn't get it. And it wasn't until I was at Indiana University where I was walking across campus and I can probably say I was as far away from God as I had ever been. Yet I had a bunch of information. Mama drugged me to church every Sunday. We had to go to youth group midweek. Uh, I, I was part of the, the, the youth group leadership. I, I even led Bible studies in my high school, yet I, I didn't know much about Jesus at all, revelationally, yet I had a lot of information. And I was walking across campus one day, and a man came to me and asked me if I was a Christian. Again, this was probably the period of life at which, in which I'd never been further away from God. And I, I, I chimed in and said, well, that depends on your definition of a Christian. Uh, wrong answer. He then downloaded to me for the next 20 minutes what it meant to be a believer. I was so convicted, I said, no, I am not that. He invited me to a meeting, sat and heard the preacher preach, and all of a sudden, it was like I was, I was hearing things for the first time. Revelation was coming to me, understanding based on what I had known that I had never felt before. And it was like a, a moment that, that Peter had. That's who you are. I, I got it now. I, I didn't have it for 20 years, but I got it now. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, I could have said those words before theologically, but when I really got right with God, I said them revelationally for the first time. You got to know him by way of revelation. Thirdly, you know him by way of obedience. First John says, by this we know we have come to know him if we obey his commandments. So after I understood who he was revelationally, I got to know him a whole lot better because I obeyed. Boy, I went on a quest. I began to cut off stuff in my life. I began to cut off sin. Thought life, my thought life was messed up, so I changed the way I thought. I even took some, some back then we had, had cassette tapes. All my music, I began to record over it because I thought it was infesting my mind with all kind of stuff. I, I, I didn't go to parties like I did. I didn't do the things I did. I changed everything because all I wanted to do was obey. And, and the information of Scripture began to inform me about how I could best obey. And so I would take little three-by-five cards. This is before we had PDAs and, and smartphones and, and iPads. And I would take three-by-five cards, and I'd put them in a, in a little plastic box. And I'd, 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 I'd mark down all the scriptures that were important to my obedience. And, and back then, being a young man, I was dealing with issues of lust, just like every other young man. So I found the passages that said how I can resist that, where Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a woman with lust. I quoted that scripture. That was my favorite passage every day of my life. I wanted to obey. And you know, the more I obeyed, the more I knew him the more I understood, the more I fell in love with him, the more I wanted to obey. Understanding who he is, coming to know him, comes through obedience. We know, John said, we have come to know him and come to love him if we obey his commandments. And believe me, his commandments are not burdensome. They are freeing. Your obedience is absolutely essential to your knowledge of God. It is not optional. You can't just say, I want to do part of the Bible and not another part. You're not called just to be saved to go to heaven. You are called to obey Him and glorify Him here on the earth. Obedience 
is a part of that glorification of God. There's enough hypocrisy running around. We don't need any more from, from any of us. The world has enough excuses why they should not serve Jesus. And most of them are us, Christians, running around doing the wrong thing, yet saying all the stuff that we ought to say. And they look at our life compared to what we say, and they, they, they run from us because they, they want something that is real. They want the authentic, and we sure aren't that. They call us hypocrites, and rightly so, because we do not live what we believe. We are called to obey. It is not optional. And when we obey, He reveals more of Himself to us. We get to know Him better, understand Him better. He, he, he takes the things which are super valuable that have, been, that, that, that have previously been, been undisclosed and now reveals them to us because He can trust them with us. We look at Scripture and things that we didn't see before all of a sudden pop out to us because we have been found faithful. We understand Him better because God allows us a privilege, to, a privilege for us to through obedience. And lastly, we, we get to know Him better through pursuit. Paul says, there's one thing I do in Philippians chapter 3. I, I've done some things in the past but I count all of my account, uh, accomplishments as rubbish. In fact, they mean nothing to me. I throw them on the rubbish heap of life that I might gain him, that I might pursue him, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection along with the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, if anybody you think would have had it down, it would have been Paul. I mean, this was a man who God took up to the third heaven. I've never been there. I don't even know. I, I, I get it. I, I, I know what it means theologically, but experientially, I, I don't have a clue. Took him up to the third heaven and showed him stuff that he didn't show, he didn't show anybody else. And then and, and he came down, Paul did, with Revelation, and I'm sure that's probably the place from which he got all the information about what it meant to incorporate the Gentiles in the covenant and how Jew and Gentiles were supposed to be together and dividing wall was broken down. I, uh, nobody else had that information except him. But and Paul says in, in, in Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians, he said, when I was up there, God showed me stuff I couldn't say. Well, what was the purpose of God showing it if Paul couldn't say it? Except that he had a relationship with Jesus that must have sounded something like this. Um, come here. I got something to show you, but it's a secret. Just, just between you and me. I want to show you this. That's how we need to know Jesus. By pursuing him like Paul did. So that God will show us stuff, or at least want to show us stuff, that he doesn't show most folk, and he doesn't even want us to tell other people. It's just for us, that kind of intimacy. And Paul says, that comes from a pursuit that does not stop. You would have thought that if anybody had arrived, it would be Paul. If anybody who ha had come to the place where they didn't need to do anything more in their relationship with God, nor in ministry, he could have bragged about all the churches he planted, all of his spiritual exploits, every ministry he had begun, all the people he had fathered in the Lord, all the folks he had won, the troubles through which he'd been just for the name of Jesus. He could have gone through all of that and more and said, enough, I've arrived. 
I am the chief of apostles on the planet. Nobody's done what I've done. I'm going on vacation. I'm retiring. That's it. I, 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 I'm, I've, I've come to the end of my spiritual journey. But here in Philippians, he says, I press and I strive that I might know him more. We need to pursue. We need to have a passion. He said, Jesus, I want you more tomorrow than I, I do today. And I want you more today than I did yesterday. A passion that is never quenched. A passion that drives us into the very image of Jesus, not just ministry accomplishment. I'm not quite sure what success means anymore. I've already done more than I ever thought I would. I'm a little boy from Kansas. Mama's already proud of me. Daddy was already proud of me. I don't need any more pats on the back. I'm surprised that I've done this much. And I know me well enough to know that only Jesus could have done what, what has been done through me. I know my limitations well. And so I guess in some moderate way, some folk would describe me as a minister of success, somebody who's arrived at a certain point. But there's so much more to do. It's not about personal fulfillment and significance. It's about accomplishing his purpose in the earth, the thing for which I've been put on the planet. And so I rise every day, bypassing the sense of accomplishment in my own soul, saying, God, a couple of things I haven't done yet. One is to make sure that I fulfill the purpose for which you put me on the planet, not fulfill the purpose for which I think I've been put on the planet. And two, I gotta still be made in your image every day. I need to be made further into your image. So I pursue God that these two things might happen, that I might know him more so that these things can occur. How do you know Jesus better? One, by information. Two, by revelation. Three, by obedience. And four, by pursuing. And this has been your 15. Thank you.